for his glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. We're still on the overarching topic of seasons of change. But today I want to specifically speak to fighting for your destiny. Fighting for your destiny. Destiny is not something that will happen just because you're a good person, because you reach out to the poor, because you're baptized, or merely because you love God. Destiny is something that you have to make happen as an individual. And so today we want to talk about, I want to share with you about fighting for your destiny. And I want to read one scripture from St. John chapter 10, verse 10. St. John chapter 10, verse 10. It's a scripture that most of you would have heard. Certainly, if you are a believer, you would have heard the scripture before. It says, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. One of the things that the enemy wants to steal from you is your destiny. And so the enemy is not fighting you just to engage you in a fight. He wants to steal your hope. He wants to steal your future. He wants to steal your destiny. And may I add destiny in terms of even any immediate project that God might put in your life. So, for example, with Nehemiah, he wanted to steal the destiny of that project. Of course, he wants to steal the destiny of your life. And even today, he would want to steal the destiny of this, uh, this service. So he comes to, to steal, steal your hope, steal your future, steal your destiny. Hope is confident expectation. So you can't really survive without hope, without some sort of an expectation. So if the enemy can trade you and, and take your hope and give you hopelessness, then he's got you covered. Because hopelessness is an advanced attempt of the enemy to steal your future. You know, someone can be in a state of unconsciousness, but the medical people will tell you that there's also an advanced state of unconsciousness. Well, hopelessness is an advanced attempt, attempt of the enemy to steal your future. Because it is in that place of hopelessness that things like insanity, suicide, depression, and sometimes lack of control in certain respects will set in. And all of those are of hopelessness. So the enemy would want to do everything that he can to steal your hope and steal your hope so that he can put hopelessness in, in that place and deter you from what God intended for your life. And that is a spirit. And that's, that spirit cannot be treated by anything outside of the kingdom of God. I don't care how much you go to the doctor. They can give you sleeping tablets to try and sleep off certain things. But hopelessness can only be cured by the kingdom of God. And so we thank God for giving us 
hope. You know, the enemy will put pressure on you to try and make you vulnerable. It will put extreme pressure on you sometimes to, sometimes to try and make you vulnerable to the trickery and the attacks that he has set up for you, the attack of hopelessness. And some of you have been down that road where uh, the enemy exerted such pressure on you that you feel like there was no tomorrow. You feel like you were not going to make it. That is the work of the enemy because if he gets you into that place and can keep you there, then he can steal your destiny. Some of you have been in that place before where there was a sense of hopelessness. But guess what? El Gibor, the, the mighty God, restrained the enemy from moving in for the kill at that particular time. Because at that place in your life, you were vulnerable. Maybe if the devil had suggested suicide or, 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 or uh, attacked in some other way, you, you would have fallen for it. You probably would have been walking down the street. But when you didn't even realize it, God stepped in and restrained the enemy from moving in for the kill. And that's why we thank God for that word in Lamentations chapter 3 that Jer Jeremiah spoke by the Spirit of the Lord and said that uh, it is because of the compassions of the Lord that we uh, fail not, that his mercies are new every morning and great is his faithfulness. So today we have a lively hope in King Jesus. And the psalmist wrote and he said, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And watch this. The king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? Listen to this. The Lord strong and mighty. We just went through the covenant name. So strong and mighty. We're talking about El Gibor. We're talking about El Elyon. We're talking about Elohim. All of them combined. The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. The Lord of hosts is the king of glory. He's the one that steps in on our behalf and enable that the enemy was not able to move in for, for the kill when we were vulnerable. So let me say to you, and I want you to hear this very carefully, something in my spirit always. The devil don't attack you because of your past. He attacks you because of your future. You see, the attack on Israel after they crossed the Red Sea was not for the past. It wasn't for the 430 years in Egypt at all. It was for Canaan. It was for the future. It was for the destiny. The enemy does not attack you for the past. He attacks you for future. So Paul was not attacked because of his past. The time when he was dragging uh, Christians and committing them to prison. He wasn't attacked for his past by the enemy. He was attacked because of the destiny. Because of the future. And you are being attacked not because of the days yesterday. And that is why you have to leave the past and focus on the future. Because the enemy is attacking you because of your destiny. He wants to steal your destiny. And if you try one way and it doesn't work, he's going to try other ways and he's going to be relentless about it. But you have to make up your mind that I shall not die. 
but live and declare the works of the Lord. You know, there was a time when you couldn't do anything and, and you were vulnerable and God moved in. But now that you're in Christ and you can do something, you need to uh, take the stand to fight for your destiny. Brothers and sisters, people of God, let me say to you that you need to examine every package that comes to your life because the enemy will stop at nothing to steal your destiny. And so he will bring all kinds of stuff in your life for you to partner with in an effort to steal your destiny. And because some people love gifts so much, we just accept everything as from the Lord. If it wasn't the Lord will, it, it wouldn't happen. I didn't even ask for it. Well, the devil will bring things in your life. So I'm saying that you need to examine every package that comes to your life and make sure that you are not trading your destiny for the deceptions of the kingdom, kingdom of darkness. And examine, when I say examine every package, I don't mean that you're assessing it with your sense realm. That's not what I'm talking about. There is such a thing as being led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit still leads people today and it is one of the most exciting endeavor. It's not boring to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, earlier this year, I was speaking at a conference uh, in, a, in a place named Hanover here in Jamaica. And I have not been to that particular, I've never been to that particular place before. And there was a traveling with me. We got into a particular area that well, I was supposed to be close to the venue that I was supposed to speak. And we asked for some direction. Somebody gave us some direction. And about a minute, 60 seconds after uh, proceeding in the direction that the, the person gave us, almost everyone in the car said, I don't feel that this is the right direction. I mean, almost all of us. And we had no data. We had no idea of where we were supposed to be going and all of that kind of stuff. But we felt like the Lord was saying, that's not the direction. And we turned around without knowing where we were going. None of us had been in that area before. We turned around and on our way back from where we were going, we found the church. The spirit of the Lord led us. And what I'm saying to you is that it is important to examine every package because the devil will lead you astray, lead you into areas that he controls so that he can dominate your life. The Bible says in Romans 8 verse 14, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Examine the packages that come to your life in the spirit. There was this lady walking behind Paul uh, one time and, 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 and those that were with Paul saying in Acts, these are men of the most high God. I mean, she was doing PR work for the kingdom, for Paul, at least it seemed that way. But after a while, Paul turned around and said, look, hey, that spirit is not from God. I know you're, you're seemingly saying the right, right stuff, but that spirit is not of God. And Paul rebuked that spirit. He was able to detect that spirit. You have to examine the packages that come in your life, even when they're attaching themselves to you in the crusade or at church. Come in 
quote unquote in the name of the Lord. You have to examine them so that they don't steal your destiny. So whether the package is your job, now I know that's maybe a hot button there because the enemy will try to tie you into a job to steal your destiny. You feel like you're working here for how many years so you can't leave your pension or this or you're the next in line for some promotion. No, if God bless you with a job, fine. But I'm saying, don't let the enemy use any job to steal your destiny. Examine the package. Don't allow the enemy to use positions. You see, some people are so hooked to profile and position. So the enemy can dangle positions before you to steal your destiny. Money, migration, oh Lord. Marriage, the enemy will try to steal your destiny through marriage, through getting you to marry people who have really no interest in you or in the kingdom. Now, I'm, I'm talking today by the Spirit of the Lord, and I also know that some of you have been faithful, believing God for a mate in your life, and you've reached a place where the enemy is trying to lie to you to say you have waited long enough, so the next person that comes, you have to lock into that person. The devil is a liar. Don't allow the enemy to steal your destiny through any marriage that is not. Don't allow the enemy to use the past to steal your destiny. As I said before, he does not attack you, attack you because of the past. He might attack you with the past, but not of the past. But the reason for that attack is to steal destiny. Examine the packages that come. When the enemy is fighting for the future of a nation, he attacks the seed of that um, nation because he wants the destiny and the young ones represents the seed or the destiny of that nation. And this is why I ask or pray for our youth and children because they come against situation that some of us never came against in our youth. Because the ability of the today to reach the world in a day is phenomenal. And if they are ever attempting to reach the world for the kingdom of God, the enemy is going to attack them to try and take them out. So remember how uh, Pharaoh ordered the killing of the young children uh, through the Hebrew midwives. Why? Because they felt like Egypt was, sorry, the, the Hebrews were growing and getting stronger and stronger, and they wanted to steal the destiny of the nation. In other words, they didn't want them to become so powerful that uh, they become a threat to them or move into their destiny, which would be a threat to the kingdom of darkness, because they know that the Hebrews worship a different God from them. So it was an attempt to steal destiny. When Jesus was born, for Herod to continue to reign, thinking um, that he could uh, compromise the future of Jesus and the impact of the kingdom, they went after the children again, trying to steal the destiny of the nation. I want to encourage you this morning. If you have children, and even if you don't physically uh, have children, but you have nieces and nephews, you have cousins, pray for fight for them in the spirit 
they might not be looking good right now in terms of the kingdom, but we walk by faith and not by sight. So you lock up lock yourself in the spirit and begin to claim them pray over them in the name of the lord and believe god for the best as we fight for destiny change is the vehicle from the past to the future if you are going to embrace destiny got to move from the past you've got to embrace the future and that vehicle that moves you from the past to the future to destiny is change so abraham to become the father of many nations to become what god called him to be to um put himself in position to accomplish the purposes of god for his life abraham had to make changes to become the father of many nations and, and it's interesting when you study god never took him back to his homeland the changes guided him to the future that was one of the problem with the children of Israel, they were always looking back. But change is a proof, or let me say change is the proof of the pursuit of destiny. Kingdom change is the proof of the pursuit of God-given destiny. You have to make kingdom change in your life if you're going to pursue your God-given destiny. If you're going to embrace that destiny that God has called you to. I want to remind you this morning that success is not an event. It is a charted course. And so it is not, your destiny is not just going to happen overnight. You have to pursue it. You have to fight for it. You have to stand in the middle of temptations, tests, and trials, declaring that those that are with you are more than those that are against you. Understanding that I will accomplish what God has destined for my life. It is success. Destiny is schedule relevant to you manage kingdom uh, principles in your life. You have to pursue destiny if you are going to become all that God intended. You have to. F I remember on one of my trips to Africa, I think I was going to Kenya, East Africa, and the day before or the night before my departure, I realized that I did not have uh, that visa that requires, uh, requires an individual to go. I, thought, I think they call it the Shanghai, Shanghai visa, something like that. And my flight was supposed to go through France, flying from Atlanta to France and then France over to Nairobi. I got to the airport the next day because it wasn't enough time for me to go and get that that visa and I, I realized less than 12 hours before the flight and they said it took at least a week to get it or three days to a week i got to the airport and the attendant told me that mr deans you're not going to be able to make this flight because you don't have the requisite visa to go through europe and we see that your flight is supposed to take you through france and the the big problem is that if you were going to land at like Terminal 1 and then depart from Terminal 1, we could take a chance. But you're landing at Terminal 1 in France and departing from Terminal 3, which means you're going to have to move around. So they said, you're not going to be able to make the flight. And I said, one thing I know is that I am on the flight. I said, sir, you can't make the flight. Talk about fighting for 
your destiny. And as I said, when I talk about destiny, I'm not just talking about your lifelong destiny, but the, uh, the, 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 the ones that happen in your life um, as you work on different segments of, of your life. You might have a destiny from here for the rest of this year, and then you take it in stages. But um, the attendant said, well, we have another problem because you're, when we look in the system, we see a flight from At Atlanta to France, and we see one from France to Nairobi, but there's no flight for you from Montego Bay to Atlanta. I said, the devil is a liar. Um, they called the supervisor, and the supervisor reiterated the same thing that the attendant had said, so you're not going to be able to make it. I said, the one thing I know, ma'am, is that I'm on the flight. And they said to me that even if we're supposed to give you an opportunity to go on the flight, because of how long we're here sorting out this thing, uh, the flight is closed. It's 20 minutes uh, to departure, and you wouldn't be able to make the flight again. So we're, we're sorry. And I said to them, one thing I know, I am on the flight. They said, well, sir, the, fli the flight is closed. And as soon as they said that, an announcement came over in the airport, uh, Delta, like they say, 347 or some, whatever number has been delayed. That's the flight I was on. They looked at each other and said, okay, sir, we're giving you the opportunity to go on the flight. But so understand that um, it's your responsibility because we know you won't make it through France and uh, to France and all of that because you don't have the visa. I said, thank you. I rushed upstairs, uh, checked in, rushed upstairs, got to the gate that we're supposed to depart from. Soon as I got to the gate, they announced that they were reversing the delay that they had announced previously and the flight was um, about ready to depart. They opened the gate and allowed me on the flight. I said, thank you, Jesus. Um, we got in the air and the captain was sharing. He was saying, I don't know what is the purpose for the delay. I can't explain it or whatever. I'm there saying, I know, I know the purpose for the delay. I can't explain it, all that kind of stuff. But we got into Atlanta and I had the same problem in Atlanta. They said, sir, we don't know how you got on the flight to come to Atlanta but we cannot uh, allow you on the flight to be don't have the requisite visa for France. I said, well, I know I'm on the flight. I know the visa is not there, but just give me the opportunity. They said, no, sir, because we could be sued and all that kind of stuff. Eventually, after about 15, 20 minutes of negotiation, they allowed me on the flight. A flight took off. After about a, a, a hour in the air, they announced that, um, we're having problems with the flight and that, you know, we would have to do some emergency landing in New York. We landed in New York and um, they, they put us up in hotels that night and said we should come back the next day for the flight. I'm giving you really the short version here. And we got there the next day. I checked in. The agent said to me, Mr. Deans, we have disaggregated the flight. Uh, from yesterday, so we're not going to have one flight anymore. We've looked at where people are going and have put them on flights accordingly. So instead of going to France, we have put you on a flight uh, directly to Ghana and uh, you will need no visas. Uh, we have changed it, so we, you will need no visas or anything like that for Ghana. So we put you on a flight to Ghana and then from Ghana, you're going to fly to Nairobi. She didn't even know the issues or whatever, but I'm telling you, as I pressed through, I, I did pray that night in the hotel, believe in God for the best and all that kind of stuff. 
as I fought for the destiny of that trip, I saw the hand of God in an amazing way. I am saying to you this morning, fight for your destiny. Got a flight for um, Ghana and then from Ghana to Kenya, God worked in miraculous way. Everything worked out. There was a great ministry there. Uh, fantastic time in Kenya and the rest of places in Africa. I'm saying I could have sat down and said, well, I don't have the visa or just take what they told me that I don't have the visa and I have to turn back and all of that. But I'm saying to you, you have to fight for your destiny. Sometimes we accept what the enemy is saying and just um, allow him to negate what God has said to us. You have to be prepared to fight for your destiny. Let me close out with this. The biggest, the biggest hindrance to success, the biggest hindrance to your future, the biggest hindrance to your destiny is making excuses. Some people always see a way why it can't work. They talk themselves out of everything that God has deposited in their spirit and they allow others to talk them out of the things that God has deposited in their spirit. And they make excuses why this can't happen. The biggest hindrance to your destiny is making excuses. There is absolutely no excuse that is good enough or is justification for not bringing your gifts and talents to fruition. When God called Adam about not carrying out the functions of the kingdom of God and obeying the instructions of God, Adam said, well, it's a woman that you gave me, was his excuse. The woman said it was the serpent making excuses. I am saying, I don't care how long the devil has been talking to you. It is still no justification for aborting your destiny. You have to fight for your destiny. Stop making excuses. Lock into what God has been, say, been saying to you. Uh, lock into what God has been doing in your life and make up your mind that the enemy will not steal your destiny. The thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. You know, God does not want us to, to plateau on any one level. There are always new dimensions in God. Remember that even in our Bible study time, we looked at the fact that God is inexhaustible. So God wants you to be exploring new dimensions in him. So there is no excuse, no justified excuse for you to plateau in God. Any excuse that is coming out of your mouth is inspired by the kingdom of darkness. Fight for your destiny. Uh, Naomi was going back home to Bethlehem, Jew, and she told her two daughters-in-law, listen, I'm done. I'm going home. I, I can't deal with this anymore. And, and, come with. and she gave them good enough reasons why they shouldn't come. She said, listen, I don't have any more sons, any more children in my womb. And even if I was to conceive tonight, you wouldn't wait for uh, my son to get married to. It doesn't make sense. Don't come. Seems like justified reasons. One of the daughter-in-law accepted, but refused to accept any excuse, 
any reason for compromising her destiny. She was so committed to it. She said to Naomi, she said, entreat me not to leave, nor behind me, look thou, behind me. In other words, I'm, I'm, I'm done, done with the past. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. In other words, your future, I'm embracing future here. And I think you have the right future around you, irrespective of what we're seeing today. And hear what, this is what she said. She said, thy God shall be my God. There's always a future in the God of Israel. She locked into a future. She refused to make excuses. You see, that was a big problem with the generation of Israelites that came out of Egypt. They were not hungry for new levels. They bought every excuse why they couldn't go into Canaan. They were not examining carefully the package that the enemy that was, was putting before them. They didn't realize that it was about stealing their destiny. You know, Egypt is a very interesting country. I think it is the only country that, that sits on two continents. And the journey from the wilderness to Canaan, after they came across the Red Sea, the journey to the wilderness was maybe at best 14 days. It took 40 years. Why? Because there was a generation that would not embrace destiny and God's destiny for the nation was not going to be terminated. So God had to wait on that generation to pass until there was a generation that would embrace destiny, that would say, listen, though there be giants in the land, we will not be afraid. Yeah, we know that there are some Enochs up there. We know that um, there are some giants up there that, oh, they look intimidating, but I also know that that is my destiny. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, your destiny might be surrounded with all kinds of Enochs. And Enochs that seem to be in that position for years, because those giants had lived in Cape. They knew the terrain of the land and all of that. There might be some Enochs before you right now that is saying destiny is not possible because you don't have the money, you don't have the links, you don't have uh, the wherewithal. The devil is a liar. Making excuses is the number one reason for terminating destiny, to hinder success. There is no man, whether in Bible time or contemporary time, that achieved destiny that, can't, that won't be able to tell you about the fight that they had to go through for that destiny. Anyone who has a proper um, high school education, degree, or um, of a career, or anything like that, they will tell you about the struggles to reach the destiny. But somebody had to fight. While everyone else was sleeping, they were up working on destiny. God doesn't want you to abort your destiny. And he doesn't want you to stay pregnant with your destiny for the rest of your life. God wants you to give birth. He wants you to fight for your destiny so that you can become all that he 
want you to be and also leave a legacy for your generation or the next generation after fight for your destiny. We refuse to concede anything to the end. We know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And today we say, God, have your way in our lives like only you can. We give you the praise for working in and through us by your spirit to accomplish the destiny that you have called us to. I want you to close your eyes right where you are and let's pray. I'm going to pray about your destiny and I want you to connect in the spirit. Father, you are the almighty God. We know this day that the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. Father, there have been moments when the people listening to me right now thought that the next phase of their life was not possible because of the pressure that the enemy exerted on their lives. Lord, there are those who just kicked into a survival mode, just wanting to be alive and didn't even bother to think about destiny anymore. But I thank you today that you are rekindling the passion of destiny in the lives of your people. God, I ask today that you would open our spiritual eyes, that we will see the packages that are around us, you know, personal lives, and give us the courage to cut off any package that is not of Lord, give us the courage to walk away from any package that does not represent you. Give us, Lord, the strength to sever ties with any package attempting to steal our destiny. You are El You're the God who sees. You see what we don't see. And that is why we depend on your leading today. Father, we give you permission this day to intervene in our space, intervene in our lives, and cause that which is not of you to melt away like wax at the presence of the of all you. Great Jehovah, we call upon you today. We know that our strength is inadequate, but God is our refuge and strength and very present help in the time of trouble. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I see God creating temporary openings in some people's life that some things that are not of God, packages that are not of God would just leak out. I, I, I see streams flowing just to that magnitude with some folks. I see God causing things to exit your life that would steal your destiny. And I see him giving you connections to that which would help to realize your destiny. Lord, we open up our lives to you. We say, do it by your spirit. Have thine own way in our lives, Holy Spirit. For all those things that we don't understand, we come by faith and we place them in your hand. And by faith, we give thanks. We give praise for we know 
that all things work together for all. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness to us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, and amen. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.